Welcome back to another episode of Church is Stupid. Comma but. I'm Ruth. I'm Elijah. I'm Sam. Just yourself today? No accompanying title? We'll get one at the end, I'm sure. It's true. He'll think of something. Serene. You feeling serene today, Sam? I'm feeling splendid. <laughs> <laughs> splendid, Sam. I believe you. Um, well, this week we're gonna we're continuing our conversation. This week, uh, this week. Well, this I was. I didn't say it good. Don't you mean Thursday? I don't speak. Today's good. Thursday because that's when this is being released. Thursday, yay! <laughs> I'm not doing splendid. So your emotion right Wait, now should be embarrassed. Is this post or pre-Christmas? Don't hurt me, Sam. Don't hurt my brain. Merry New Year. <laughs> I got them both. Happy Holidays. That's actually holidays. what people say. I, was, I thought it would be funny, but people say Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. We, we even talked about it a year ago. <sighs> Have you been doing this for a year already? We've been doing this for a year. Somehow. It's like almost our year anniversary. I know. Oh, so That's you have crazy. been doing it for a year. You've almost been doing it for a year. Well, I can't remember when they released. We recorded them in November of last year, but I don't Why? think they released until, I think one released at christmas but i don't know i can't remember i'm tired guys i guess no Unlike matter what Sam. merry christmas yeah happy, happy holidays Woo. so the church and preying on emotions so last episode we talked a lot about sort of the ways that it's impacted our society what kind of as praying? a whole what what kind of praying what kind of praying? i <laughs> sam don't do this to me with an e the E kind. The E kind of praying. You can't see, but he's making a very weird face. It's very frightening. And now, so, on this episode... We're going to talk more about the ways that that emotional praying actually happens within the church and how it's sort of had a history of it. So one of the, the easiest places for me to go back to for praying on emotions is the Great Awakenings. And that is because... No, no, it's okay, Sam. You don't need to be our history expert on this one. I got, I got this one for I you. I don't know what it is. I don't need to worry about that. <laughs> no. um, the Great Awakening was a time in early, or not early, it was the 1700s, when... Yeah, you were alive. <laughs> yep. You were a, mere, a measly 80 years old. Back in my youth. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so the the church basically exploded and whole communities were being converted and it's seen as this time in Christian history when the church in, in the United States really was booming. Hmm. However, it's a really interesting... Thanks, Sam, for showing me the history She's reading channel. cue cards, guys. Don't listen to it. Um, this is fake. <laughs> this is fake show. Fake news. Teleprompter, um, teleprompter. <laughs> We're one of those billion-dollar fake news sites with our seven listeners. <laughs> we got this. Because the rest are bots. <laughs> the rest are bots. <laughs> that, that don't watch. <laughs> um, but during this period in time, like I said, there's was, there was huge booms in Christian and church membership. Hmm. But it all started with this man named Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards wrote a sermon called Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a shout out to Heidi. She reminded me what the name of the title was earlier today. But this sermon, it's actually really funny because he preached it once and it fell flat. People didn't like it. They just kind of ignored it. But the second time he preached it, he... I know it's true, Sam. I went to... I have a master's degree. No, I'm saying that's you. Oh. Oh, well, then that's insulting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Rude. Fair, but rude. Um, But the second time he preached it, people just were weeping in the church. Like, he preached it, I think, not at his normal church, but at a different church. Mm -hmm. And they just fell to pieces. And people were converting like crazy. And so this started this movement of essentially fire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. And telling people, if you don't convert right now, you're going to hell. So convert. And then you go on and convert other people. So that way you save other people from hell. And that went on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And church membership, like I said, rose insanely because people were terrified. They were terrified they were going to go to hell. They were terrified they were going to burn. The wrath of God was a really big focus. And what we see at the time, and, and the real test of, of ministry for me is, is longevity. Did, was there a solid foundation to build on? And when you prey on people's emotions like that, because that is an emotional praying situation Mm -hmm. where they're literally telling you, if you don't change everything about who you are and come to this church, then you will go to hell. Yeah. It doesn't last. And it didn't. The Great Awakening eventually dies down. And people leave churches because they start to not feel that burning desire uh, uh, quite quite literally to be in there they don't feel the need anymore like right the pressure right exactly yeah and so eventually they leave the churches again then there's the second great awakening that happens and again it's very emotion driven very very much dependent on on finding these places of either emotional highs or emotional lows. Right. So that's that's sort of the history that the American church was founded on. And it stayed pretty true to that heritage in a lot of the ways that ministry is practiced in the states. It's this idea where you can convert someone in one sermon and then they can go convert however many people instantly. But that's not really building a lifelong connection. Because, again, we talked about how easy it is to to manipulate emotions. You listen to a Sarah McLachlan song, like I said last episode, (laughs) and you're willing to donate to whatever it is. But then, a week later, do you even think about it again? Not so much. Hmm. necessarily unless you start doing research into that right yeah unless you start to become a part of it volunteer with it become involved in some way outside of that initial reaction but what churches were offering was not really anything past that yeah past that initial 
I need to get you in the church bill, which comes down to priorities for me. It wasn't about necessarily, not that everybody who did it had bad intentions, because I think wanting to save people from a horrible fate is a good thing. But it just leads to we only want people in our church building for the sake of having people in our church building. Yeah. Whereas Christians, we're really called, we want people in our church, church building because we want followers of Christ. Our church building only exists to make followers of Christ. And if you're more concerned about the building than you are about the people, there's a really big problem. And so through all of this, emotional manipulation becomes a really easy way to keep people in your church building. Yeah. And when you can, again, when that line between emotion and spirituality is so blurry, it's easy to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. It's sad because there's a real faith to be had in Christ. There's a real life, a real amazing story that gets broken down to here's your ticket out of hell or here's how to feel happy all the time yeah and both of those are just different forms of the same emotional manipulation yeah there's definitely it's not like there's only examples of it uh in those those notable time periods like you know, the, the Great Awakening and the Second Great mm-hmm. Awakening. Uh, it, yeah, it's not like we don't see it today in its own form. I mean, we, we talked about it on multiple different episodes for sort of multiple different reasons, but bringing it back up again, uh, prosperity gospel, kind of nowadays, and, and a lot of these big, you could just call them corporate megachurches in a way, are, are, mm. are, are so focused on, on money and a big way probably mm-hmm. the main way that they really that you know that they get so many members and again not 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 claiming to know every single person's actual intention in their story that who's in the churches because how, how could i know that but it is clear to see that a big part of that is by preying on people emotionally be, uh, preying on the on the emotions of people who are distraught by financial trouble mm-hmm. which um, which are very real and, and, and rightfully had like emotions. There's nothing wrong with, with <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing, there, there should never be any movement to dehumanize or, or, or demonize people who, who have emotions or who feel emotions. No, um, by no means. You can't control at all. that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a different sort of way while still not really being that different than those other examples that you gave of, of how how churches can and do emotionally manipulate like masses of people through certain ways to join movements and to give financially. <laughs> so. Oh, 100. And, and honestly, with the giving, it's not just mega churches. Oh, not at all. No. It's not. They're, just the, they're the, definitely the easiest examples that, that can be seen like by the public, even by people who don't have a lot of experience growing up in churches. Mm-hmm. Um those are the ones I think that most people see. So in one uh, more modern example that that comes to mind is there's a church that got a lot of flack, rightfully so, 
because they had a huge baptism day, right? This giant day where they were baptizing a ton of people. And they planted people in the audience to stand up and come forward for the baptism time hmm. because they wanted their 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 stated reasoning and I and I wanna believe in their hearts that that's really what they were trying to do. They wanted people to feel comfortable coming forward. But what that did was manipulate people. That manipulates people into thinking, oh, look at all of these other people who are doing this thing. I need to be a part of this thing. And it takes away the genuinity of the faith. Yeah, it's just based on, it's based on a lie in that way. Even the good intentions can still be there, but it's just one of those things where like, it's, it's still not what it could be or what it should be if it's based in something like that. Well, and as Christians, we need to care about the process. Hmm. We do. It's not just about the result. It's about the process. Yeah. And That's a good point. I think, I mean, I think in general, people should care about the process, not just the end result. Mm-hmm. But especially in the church where it, it's like, did you really do the right thing to get what you want? Maybe mm. your church grew by 700 people. But if you did it by taking advantage of others, is that right? If you did that by watering down the gospel message, is that right? I, I don't think it is. Mm. I, I mean, I. Christ talked so much about the hearts of people because the people were so concerned with the end results, right? Yeah. I have to follow the letter of the law. The end result is that I am righteous and therefore I'm okay. And Jesus was like, no, <laughs> that's not true. Hmm. The process matters. Your heart matters. What is the focus? Yeah. What are you trying to do? And... In the same way, well-meaning churches use these emotional manipulation tactics to make people make decisions they're maybe not ready for. It's almost like they don't trust the Holy Spirit to do the work of the Holy Spirit. They're like, oh, I know the Holy Spirit moves, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna nudge nudge him along. And it's yeah. frightening in a sense, you know? I mean I'm not saying that again, I don't I don't mean that to say that they're all cruel intentioned. Yeah. But it's hard and especially, you know, in modern worship music there's a big push for a very emotionally controlled environment. Right? Hmm. Uh having the dark room with the low fog machine, the lights that are nice and warm and Music that is just the right amount of upbeat, but not too upbeat. Music that's just the right amount of sullen, but not too sullen. <laughs> All of those things, there's there's an extreme intentionality that goes into them to create an environment that makes you feel a certain way. And in some way, like I, I again, I don't mean to say that that's wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't I don't think that that's one particular case where I don't really feel like that's wrong. I think it can become wrong when you become more obsessed with that than yeah. with sharing the gospel. It's not wrong to want it done well. Mm-hmm. And it's not wrong to you know, I think I mean I, for for uh, I don't know. 
I was going to say unfortunately, but I don't know if that's the best word. But the reality is, is that a lot of this always boils down to just people's heart intentions. And those are things that you can't always, you can't always look at and, and declare what people's intentions are in a lot of those examples. Uh, or at the very least, you shouldn't in a mm-hmm. lot of those examples. Um, but sorry, just butting in. No, like, no, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, and I think that's one of those things, again, where it becomes a really 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 fine line mm-hmm. between because everybody when you when you have a conversation with somebody you want them to feel a certain way you know yeah. i mean look at our podcast title church is stupid comma but that in that causes an emotional response some people it's anger some people it's <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. some people it's relief at having someone talk about issues that they've been meaning to talk about for a while it's intended to elicit a response. So it does that mean that any time that you're ever having any intentionality with how you want people to feel that you're being manipulative? Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what that balance is. Yeah. And I think we have a long way to find that out. So like stuff with, again, the music ministry, things like that, I don't think that that's manipulation. Right. In most instances. But I think it can become a pattern of intentional or or not necessarily intentional but misleading or expectation to always feel here Mm -hmm. always feel high as opposed to feeling low or always feel low as opposed to feeling high yeah so and and again part of the ingrained structure of the church calendar and the church year is to make you feel certain things at certain times yeah yeah. right christmas supposed to be super joyful advent supposed to be super like oh you're you're waiting for something you're expecting the coming of christ there's this anticipation yeah right building up of of this awesome thing that's coming then you have the awesome thing christ is born then you have the sullenness of ash wednesday the the oh respect ashes to ashes dust to dust we are all sinners repent right and then you have Palm Sunday, which, oh, it's the super high. Then you have Good Friday, which is a super low. Mm-hmm. Then you have Easter, which is a super high. So mm-hmm. there are intention. It, it is leading you on an emotional journey as well. So do you think that's wrong too? Or what, what would you guys say? I mean, no, I, I don't. I I don't think so. I mean... Again, I mean, a lot of the more specific examples of, like, things that we see, I guess, uh, patterns or or behavior that we see in churches are things that come down to, well, what are the intents of the people really behind it? Um, Not not that that's the only thing that matters, because it also, you know, what matters just as much is how it affects other people. But, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if, if you're going almost textbook definition, I mean, any... Anything and any and everything that humans do in relation with like communicating with other people or, or something, there's always some bit of, I, I I would say some sort of technically technical bit of manipulating in a sense, in the sense that we talk, we, you know, we say certain things and we talk certain ways to people, um, you know. Hope, hoping for or expecting certain kinds of responses. A lot of it's innate. A lot of it's just human nature. Um, mm. So, but not all of that is 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 bad. 
Uh, I don't mean to. I'm not saying you know emotional manipulation as a thing can't like is good. I'm just saying like like the those the the idea that as as people you know as human beings you know that we know or that we do th- certain things like you know setting up lighting or setting a tone mm-hmm. for a certain I don't know a concert or a worship session or yep. something like. Like because you do that because you want people to feel a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that it's some nefarious bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you want to go textbook definitions, you can say that you're manipulating the theme of something to elicit a reaction or elicit an emotion. Like sure. Um, where it becomes a problem though is when is I mean I don't really know if I'm <laughs> intelligent enough to really brag. <laughs> I'm not a philosophy major or whatever, but or a counselor. Um, but I, I feel like where it becomes nefarious, uh, nefarious. or at the very least, a pro- yes, like an issue or something to, to, to reconsider or look at, especially when it comes to religion, right now Christianity and the church, um, is when you intentionally take advantage of emotions people's emotions and you use it you you use it in a way to to make people focus on something that isn't the gospel and that isn't like your faith that's that's Uh, a good summary because as as christians we're supposed to you know put our 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 faith in in scripture and and in Mm -hmm. our god um, in, in the story of Jesus, like like we have all these things that we claim are the most important things, in, in, like in our faith. So the reality of like those of of that, like of those stories and of the purpose of those stories, you know, in, in the Bible and in Scripture, um, you know, the purpose of that and the heart of that is what should be enough. That should be enough, and and in the way that we act and and how we believe that should be enough to to help people and to to help individuals become better people and discover what we think is the is you know the best thing in this world um and I, what becomes bad in the church i think is when or when you know whether whether it's people or organizations entirely or whatever when the church will will we'll call it instead has, like like pursues a different goal that isn't you know that's almost antithetical to what the mm-hmm. gospel that they preach and they use intentionally um they use people's emotions as a way to manipulate them intentionally to in order just to to make them focus on something that is just not what the gospel is actually about mm-hmm. um not, not not to say necessarily like outright that emotional manipulation is good if it's for the gospel. I don't think that you ever should really intentionally try to yeah. to do something that that that's like ambiguous or almost like trickery at all. Yeah. Um, but I also don't want people to get caught up in every single thing that they say and everything that they do and and go insane trying to think of whether whether or not they're doing something that makes people makes other people do something because yep. of what they said or manipulates them in a certain way it comes down to just understanding what good intentions are mm-hmm. and what, what a good pure heart is and i think that that can get really really clouded um 
in the church. And I think we see a lot of examples of that. And usually you see that through, I believe you see that through the fruits or lack thereof of those ministries and of those churches. Because a lot of times the people, the people who it's supposed to matter to, you know, like the congregants who are being told to become a part of this or, or to give money to this, a lot of them end up just in really, really, really unhealthy mindsets, mm-hmm. really emotionally abusive mindsets with the church that they're a part of. I think like those mega churches, and like you said, definitely not limited to, but I think that the, like it's easy for a lot of people to see that because it's very public and, and they're very large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's talking about that's hard to, kind of hard to maneuver because you have to sort of understand that as humans, we, we always sort of say things with some kind of intent yeah. f- for uh, for a specific kind of reaction or something. But it's hard to define when it becomes nefarious and when it doesn't, but it's easy to identify when it's really bad, you know, without maybe being able to explain it in depth. Because Lord knows I try to. <laughs> but I think I you did a great job clarifying. I don't know. I mean... Sam, do you do you have any like specific examples in, in whether it's like friends that you've seen or even with you specifically of maybe seeing s- certain churches be really bad, bad for it, or very particularly like emotional? I don't know. What examples do you have of like particularly uh, emotional, manipulative kind of like churches or, or religious settings? Do you have anything that comes to mind? Um, I guess for me, one thing would be like the college group I go to sometimes kind of falls into the trap of like, we need to build, like we need to build, like they have like events all the time. They're always like 15 or $25. Sure. And not to say this is bad, but a lot of times like they kind of pressure you to go. Like I definitely feel like I've been pressured a lot going to events that like, I just cannot afford to go to. Like Mm -hmm. there's one that's like $180. Like, yeah, I just cannot go there. Whoa. No. Yeah. Yeah. And they're always like, yeah, but everybody has to go. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to go and I don't really, have the money to do that yeah yeah and i also feel like eighty dollars in college kind of like how clickbait works i feel like emotions kind of bring in money almost <laughs> yeah 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 kind of right yeah <laughs> where it's like where clicks equal like a dollar emotions like that too hmm. um i feel like i feel like churches way too much often focus on expanding instead of focusing on what they already have hmm which I feel like could also be a, a major downfall of a church. I kind of see that again in my college group a lot where we're so focused on expanding that people that have already been there have just like kind of fallen through the cracks and are just yeah, left in the yeah. left in the dust, honestly. And right. I, I almost feel like that too, kind of. like. I was going to say, I can almost see that in your spiritual journey, walking, yeah. watching you go through it. Because when you first joined, it was you felt like you had a group of people yeah. who surrounded you. And then as you have kind of gone through the process... Yeah, it's, now I just don't see the same thing. Yeah, it's, I feel like that, like they've just completely, like not abandoned us, but like they've shifted their focus more, which I guess is a good thing to focus on the next people coming up. But like they still like don't really have a good way of like ha- nurturing like the a people, gr- there. a gracious exit for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it, yeah. can, it needs to be a both end. You can be focused on yeah. Right. caring for others but if you're not building up who you already have yeah well and it's difficult it, it's not an easy thing to do if you're in charge of a group like that yeah because I, I can i'm definitely i mean i haven't been in any kind of college group like that yeah um but in my own experience with like sort of our uh our like youth group program when i was um i don't know in my teens and before 
um, the youth group that it was a part of, like, we we drew in a lot of people for sure, and we, and it was a very heavy emphasis on that too. Um, but we also had a lot. Like, we had like a we had a certain big event once a month on a Saturday, yeah. and then we had like the normal youth group thing every Thursday, like every week. Um, so we, we had like this weird sort of balance between kind of planning out every, the weekly thing, which didn't co- come until a little bit after, but yeah. it was still around for a long time, um, while also planning the monthly event. Um, like uh, you know, a big, sort uh, you know, a very big uh, kind of like Christian concert, and then uh, I don't know, a youth, a Christian youth group event, I guess that was really. I always forget the specific word, charismatic. I guess I don't know. Mm. Um, and it was very. I could. I wasn't necessarily like you know on up 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 in the planners list by any means. I was part of of like the leader group, but I I I wasn't. I was definitely sort of like newer to it. Um, but I could even tell that it's not that easy trying to almost walk that tightrope between focusing on reaching people, which I think we can all agree in the best ways is a great thing, reaching mm-hmm. new people, yeah. while also focusing on the purpose of why you're bringing them in um, and not just chalking it up to they'll have their walk with God and then we'll abandon them because I think yeah. that's really dangerous. Um and I've seen that happen because what ne- you need to sort of also focus on what you, the the community that you actually create and, and the way that you nurture them and the way that you take care of them and lead them the best way you can in the word. And it's not easy to do, yeah. but I think you and I both have probably seen a lot of, a lot of the people who get drawn in with, with the crowds of everyone else being drawn in. Yeah. But then a lot of those people, feel like they're not actually really being addressed or necessarily like yeah. talked to. And like you say, I, I've definitely, you, this, you, it rang true in my head. I've seen a lot of people get drawn in and then slowly just seep through and leave. Yeah. Ooh, voice crack. And what then leave, that? <laughs> um, leave without anyone really even noticing sometimes that they left. Oh yeah. It's and that's, that's another sort of, I mean, that's a different, maybe even less nefarious way of kind of emotion, where emotional manipulation, yeah. I think, can happen in ministry. Because um, uh, I think a lot of times that sort of hunger for expansion doesn't, isn't always necessarily nefarious. But in a lot of ways, things that are very, very focused on emotion can bring people in. And then it just, it, a lot of times it just doesn't sustain them because you yeah. can't, emotions, you shouldn't shame people for being emotional or having them. But you can't really have a ministry that only focuses on emotions or caters to it. Yeah. And a lot of times the ones that do will have a lot of people who don't stick with it because eventually they'll want something more real and, and more kind of concrete to believe in. Um, and then a lot of the other side, sometimes that'll radicalize people mm-hmm. um, because they're just so emotional driven and, the, and they can make them feel like they're divided from everyone else. If that's also manipulated in certain ways. And I guess saying before that it's, it's, I know it's not an easy thing to do from a, like a leadership point. Cause I know it's not easy, but it's something that I think people in leadership should maybe take a step back from and just really, it's important to, I think constantly reevaluate, you know what I mean? Um, so I just have a couple thoughts before we go and I know we're over time, but I yeah. think it warrants um, being over time because you're absolutely right. That's to me, that is emotional manipulation in a sense, because at that point, Sam or Elijah, do you feel like an important person? 
At what point, you mean? When all of a sudden you're you're so involved in this thing and they care about you and then all of a sudden they just don't one day. How does that make you feel? I'm not sure that it's... I mean, it makes me feel like the focus is or was because I had some I guess I could say that it kind of happened to me it, it made me sort of feel that the focus wasn't where it needed to be yeah and that it no longer only applied to who I was seeing I guess but now it's also applying to me um and disheartening I guess uh yeah, yeah. I know it can definitely there are instances where people can actually feel very betrayed mm-hmm. um I don't think I ever was at that point because I really grew up with a lot of the people mm-hmm. in that group but I could definitely there was a point I think where I felt very disheartened because I was seeing a lot of people who were kind of being turned away without the people who were running it, even realizing that they were really doing it. Well, and the, and the hard part I think for me is that I, I really see the emotional, I mean, you feel like a number in a sense instead oh, of yeah. a person. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, that, yeah. and to bring that up with the people with, with the leadership a lot of times can lead to in a, in a really bad situation can lead to them even further saying, well, then you're just not committed to right. it. And it, per- it, it continues that span of this, this emotional manipulation of if you dissent with what we're saying, you are now less than, which furthers mm. that you are a number. You are not a person. Yeah. There's no room for this. And so what, what I wanted to say from a church leadership perspective, the, the call on, on my heart that I, that I is something I still need to get better at hmm. by a lot is that to me, the problem is that one person or one person's ideology is running the entire thing hmm. when really we're called hmm. to be a body of Christ for a reason. Yeah. Your passion can be reaching other people and that's awesome, but someone else's passion needs to be building those people up and yeah. caring for those people and so it becomes this whole team of people that come together to continue to make every part of the church life part of church life, right. not, not part of church initiation. Hmm. And that's why eventually people want that deeper experience. They want more than just being initiated every week. It's hmm. literally like if you had to come in to work, you start a new job and you do new tr- job orientation every week. <laughs> Yeah. Eventually, you're going to get sick of it. Well, and emotions run so much higher in the church, too, because you're not just applying for a job. You are finding your way in a new faith sometimes. And it's very, exactly. you have a lot of emotional highs and lows. And so, yeah. if you're, if you're just, we're constantly in that new job orientation mentality. I mean, at first, you might be relieved because you're learning, you're really mm-hmm. going to get a grasp of what the orientation looks like. But eventually you're going to be like, okay, but when do I, or how do I actually practically do the job or who's, who's going to care for me when these things happen? And that's why a lot of those emotion driven places don't sustain themselves over time or have big turnovers. They might be able to keep membership, but people leave and it's different membership. It's not sustainable because it's not real life. And that's my, my call as a, as a leader and to leadership in the church is, is to not be so focused on that, 
but to be focused more on these teams of people, seeing that you are not the end. As a leader, you will never be the end all be all in a ministry ever. The only end all be all is Christ. Right. You're welcome. Congratulations. Sunday school answer. But (laughs) we can come together and build something that is so much more than just the initiation. But if and if you're gifted at at the orientation part, awesome. That's amazing. That's necessary. We need that. But we also need people to take it deeper. We need on-site trainers. We need again, the people who take care of even the administration side of things. All of these different pieces need to come together and that's how you really care for somebody. That's how you don't emotionally manipulate them is you see them as a whole person instead of a number. Yeah. So with us being significantly over time, we <laughs> give you one more chance. If either of you have any closing thoughts, uh, Sam, anything else to add? I'm good here. You're good. Elijah? I don't know. I think, uh, if you are in a church, you're part of a group or whatever, and do you ever feel like you are being looked down upon or shamed for asking questions or for having worries or, or, or for, for just like feeling something that you maybe feels like the group dynamic is almost against or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what else to say. I guess, except for, I would hope, I would do, I don't know how. I just want to encourage people uh, and just tell them that it's more than okay, you know, to, to have emotions in your faith as well. Well, uh, like, like, like anything and just like normal, like general advice for people, like your emotions aren't who you are as a person, mm-hmm. um, but they are a part of you. And they, you were, <laughs> to sound cheesy, you were designed that way. You were designed to be emotional in, at some capacity. And uh, I just hope, I guess, I don't know. I guess I just hope that uh, people are will be able to see if they're in like a, specifically, like in anything, but right now specifically with churches, I hope that you're able to see if you are in an environment where you might be kind of being pressured or manipulated in such a way that you are discouraged from or almost not allowed to have emotions about things like you don't understand. Um, I think a good family in any sense, and like I said, in this case, a church especially, will be one that engages with you mm-hmm. with any any kind of concern or any emotion or anything that you have and, and, and walk through it with you in some way. And I really hope that that's what the church starts to focus on um, more and more. Amen. Yeah. I like it. And so I'm going to let it be our closing from all of us here at Church is Stupid. Come about. I'm Ruth. I'm Elijah. I'm Sam. <laughs> and we hope that you have a great rest of the week. <laughs>